Hi, welcome to the show. How about you introduce yourself? Hey, uh, I'm Eric Hermanson, producer at Sea Space Labs, a voice acting studio. Okay, and um, basically, this this uh, discussion will be about the potential of voice acting for smaller game developers, indie game developers. Um, I guess for for a game developer, why would they need voice acting? Because when I think of voice acting, I think of mainly AAA titles. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Right. Well, I mean, there's there's few games that technically need voice acting, and uh, just like. You know, you could make text games if you wanted and not use any graphics and it would probably work. And, uh, but like the thing is, when you add voice to your game, um, it, it can add a lot to it. It can send a signal to people, wow, okay, this is somebody who's serious about their game and they've, they've added, uh, some extra touches to it, shows production value. Um, it's also a way of adding, uh, your own personality to a game. So it's a way you can express what uh, the the type of game that you want it to be um and if you're a developer and you like voice and characters like I do it's just fun it's just fun to put it into your game one of the trade-offs is that then the size of the application and stuff go up what are your thoughts on that um, do you right. think that's an issue or i it is particularly like if you if you are doing a mobile game uh for example uh suppose you're doing like a mobile RPG game, and there's just a ton of dialogue. Well, you don't want to put, you know, uh, gigabytes of, of voice acting into your mobile game because people aren't going to download it. Although there's, you know, some clever ways around it where you can download audio after the game is on your phone. Um, but for, for most of us, I think it's not, I mean, I should say for most targets for games that aren't mobile, it's not an issue. Like we have really fast internet connections and we're used to, to moving a lot of uh, data uh, across them and having large downloads. Audio as a portion of the assets that go into a game is uh, uh, small compared to other things. Yeah, and what now... The one thing about voice acting is it implies pre-made content. And it seems like, you know, you think about, and, and at least in multiplayer games, the concept of user-generated content, people chatting with their own either voice or their own words as being more provocative than pre-made stuff. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you feel that voice acting can play an important role in, in a popular game? Um, yeah, well... I guess there's the thing that most of us, when we just chat on a game, um, we don't, we aren't necessarily that compelling. We're not trying to entertain when we talk to other people. There's always that extra level of interest when the person you're talking to is a live real person. And, uh, you know, for some games, that's, that's definitely what you want. And I guess, um, you know, there's also, a place for having characters that have lines that are written in advance and uh, are acted out by professional actors that try to make every syllable sound interesting to you. I mean, it's kind of like the difference between do you want to watch uh, reality TV shows uh, that with unscripted um, performances or maybe at a different time you want to watch, uh, you know, some really cool movie with great actors and great writers. Yeah, and, and both have their place, right. I guess. 
Um, Definitely. Um, yeah, so, so when it comes to voice acting, what do people need to consider? What do, what do developers need to consider for either good content related to voice acting or, or how they can make good voice acting? Right. So, um, you know, most, I guess most listeners on your show, they probably don't have a large budget for their game. Um, so if we're talking indie game developer, then, you know, you might have zero dollars to spend on your voice acting. And there's solutions you can use for that. Or you might have 500 or you might have thousands. I mean, there's all different ranges. So like your budget is kind of like that first bounding thing. And then you got to decide, like, with your budget that you have, can you do something with voice acting that you actually want to include in your game? Right? Because, like, if you say you have no money and you have no friends who can help you out with acting that are, are very good, so you're basically doing it all yourself. Yeah. You go into your uh, bathroom or your closet because that's the quietest place in your house, and you take out your iPhone and you hit the record button and you talk into it. Well... Okay, then bring it back to the computer and, uh, or bring it back to a place where you can listen to it and play it back. Does that sound like something you want in your game? And sometimes, like if you're going for something where it's, you're not trying to be uh, very polished, uh, you might be able to get results, uh, that satisfy what you want to do. But if you're trying to be a little bit slick, then, uh, you definitely want to get past that record it yourself in the bathroom level. Okay. Uh, and mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. Finish what you Yeah. Well, I. I mean, then, like, where you go from there is, uh, you know, get, getting, you know, a professional recording environment or just one that is maybe tolerable. A lot of times, you can uh, get some foam and pad up a, a closet or small area and put a, uh, you know, hundred dollar mic in there, and it produces pretty good results. And then there's like the actors you want to work with. Are you a good actor or a good enough actor for the stuff you you want to do? Uh, are the, are the actors that are out on the internet the free ones that'll do it for just a little exposure? Or are they at the level you need? And so it's really the, the two things that you need to work with with your budget are your recording environment and your actors. And and since since you run a voice acting um, studio, have you seen examples of say small game developers using voice acting in in a constructive way, or is it? Or are you mainly servicing movies and, and TV type type things? Yeah, uh, well, s some of the people we work with <clears throat> are pretty creative with what they do on a small budget. Uh, there was a guy; um, he had a he's got a game he's still working on called uh, Travelers Astoria, and you know he didn't try to <clears throat> he didn't try to make voice acting for every single place in the game that could have it, but he recorded with this for about like a half hour and he walked away with uh, a thousand words or so, which was pretty nice for what he was doing. He just had like these little intro texts that went uh, into certain parts of the game a little bit like cutscenes, and uh, that worked for him. Other people, they will not use the voice acting in the game itself, but they'll put it in the trailer uh, for the game. And that's like another place where it can help oh, yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so you're mainly seeing then potentially people using voice acting for trailers or, or, or more marketing stuff. 
Uh, well, I'm saying like like marking is is one way you can use it to help your game out without if if it doesn't really fit in your game, um, or if like the cost of doing a lot of voice acting in the game is is going to be prohibitive. Um, another way, another thing you can do is uh, it it all depends on like what type of game you got, but there's pre-made voice packs uh, that are available. So like suppose you're making like a uh, RTS, like a real-time strategy game, or like a Dota, or something along those lines. And there's some kind of standard things that happen in these types of games. Like you click on a unit, and they're like, "Oh, ready to serve you," and then you click someplace else, and "Oh, on my way." Well, like those kinds of sort of commodity um, sounds that characters make. A lot of times, they show up in voice packs, and you can just get one of those to license instead of having to, uh, you know do a whole bunch of custom voice acting. Are you seeing anyone using voice acting, I guess, related to YouTube or something else like that, you know, as, as it becomes uh, more of the predominant watching platform for a lot of things? Is it even necessary to do voice acting there, or or does that get in the way of it? Huh. So when you say YouTube, like what kind of thing on YouTube, like a game yeah. Or... Yeah, I mean, well, I can see, like you said, the game trailer kind of makes sense. Uh, but I wasn't sure if there's something else that people could use voice acting for, or even voice effects or special sound effects that they need to just make their videos better or or whatever it is. You may know, because you may have seen more examples or experience um, related to people making content for YouTube. Well, yeah, I mean, I suppose, like, if you get out of games a little bit and people are doing shows, uh, whether... Uh, a lot of times you want like a little bumper that sounds really cool. Um, podcasts, it's the same deal. Oh, yeah. Like there's places like the, you give them like the name of their, their show and then they'll do like a, uh, your, your show and they'll give a, like a singing version of it with music. Um, uh, so there's definitely stuff like that. Um, animation, I guess, is another area where, uh, voice acting, um, comes in handy. Um, of course you want, if you have characters in your animation, it's nice to have them well acted. Okay. Um, where do you see voice acting going, I guess, for games in the future? Do you feel that it's going to become a more prominent part of it? Or do you feel that, yeah, where do you feel it's going to go? That's interesting because I, I, I think there's, the, there's, there's two ways to answer that. One is, where will it actually go? And I don't know. Another yeah. one is, where, where do I hope it will go? Um, and, and something kind of happened. You know how, like, everyone say my app is the Uber of X? You know, it's like, it's yeah. got to be like a cliche now. Um, but there's this concept that, that everything should be kind of transactionalized and, um, put specialists in there at the lowest possible price and connecting supply and demand. And that may be the future. But I kind of hope it's not, and I think there are some overlooked advantages if if you get away from this transactionalism. Um, so, like what my studio does is actually sort of the opposite of that. Um, we've got one physical location where everybody comes in and records, and these are actors that I've um, worked with for years, um, most of them, uh, or vetted very carefully. And it's, it's really like a small group of actors and I bring them in on a regular basis and I try to find work for the same people because I know that there is a, I, I hate to use the word synergy, but there's a synergy, uh, that you get when you work with the same people and you learn 
like what what things people are good at and um you know the other thing is when we talk to developers we want to know about their game we want to know like what they're trying to achieve and show them like a few ideas um whereas if you were going for that transactional approach it's okay send us your script um that's 500 words and we'll have some software automatically assign someone to record it oh and then right three hours later you get the audio that's completely done and maybe we know nothing about your game or what you're achieving but it's a cut and dry transaction so i i would like to see it go more towards um uh, sort of awareness of the game and use of people that are aware of each other and how they work together um so so I, I guess that's where I'd like to see it going. And that, that's what I'm hoping to provide. And yeah, for your studio, do you do you provide mainly custom stuff or do you do you have pre-made assets that sh that people can buy? How does it work? So uh, like I say, I, I I keep like the same people kind of coming in the studio all the time. I basically schedule them in advance before I have any um uh custom work for them to do. And when, when, uh, I have custom work for them to do, uh, from a client, then I set them going on that. If I don't, then I work on these, uh, back burner projects, which are like, uh, voice packs that go onto, uh, Unity Asset Store and other places. So basically I do a combination of both. Can you talk more about the, um, the assets that you do have maybe on the asset store that could benefit? Um, listeners as, as they need um, audio assets. Yeah, sure. Um, right now, I've just got one that's up. It's uh, called the Cartoon Mumbler Pack. And it goes back to what you're talking about uh, with, like, should everybody use audio? What if it, you know, what about the space it takes up? And one of the things is that you can do something interesting with mumbling where you show, like, a, a subtitle on the screen, and then there's a a voice that mumbles along with it. Um, and it kind of gives the feeling it, that even though the person isn't reading actual words, that they did say the text that just popped up on the screen. So if you've got like an RPG or something with just a huge number of lines in text, uh, and you're like on mobile or you just don't have the budget to record all those lines, like a mumble pack, uh, also code gibberish is, uh, is a interesting option that might help. Okay, and so what that does is it kind of gives the effect that they're talking without having to deal with the exact specifics. If I yeah. understand correctly, okay. Yeah, exactly. And I I got really serious about it, and I thought like, what are all the types of utterances uh, that people in in stories uh, do? And you know, there's there's uh, you know angry, there's surprise, there's uh, kind of a neutral acknowledgement of what somebody said. And I think I, I came up with like about 20 or so different, uh, scenarios. Um, cause I want it to be not just like two or three things that I always repeat. Um, I want it to be buried. Um, like an example of a game that does something similar. This is, uh, the Sims. Um, like if you, if you play it, you can hear like, it sounds like, a kind of like a made up language. Yeah, I don't know if you ever ever heard it before. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, 
what I, I mean, are you planning any other packs for Unity or, or other types of audio assets that can be pre-made or pre-bought? Yeah, I've got so many. Oh my God, they're just sitting on my hard drive, and I have to edit them to get them get them into these packs. But um, one thing that I've got with about five or six actors is uh, I call it action voice pack, and it's all of the the physical noises that that game characters make when they're moving around a world. Like if they're going to punch somebody, then there's like a certain noise. If they're going to jump, there's like a certain noise. They're going to lift something heavy. They're going to have a death scream. So I've got like these for, I, it's basically like a checklist thing. All the actors in our studio eventually have to record this. And the idea is, okay, so you get this pack and it's got all these kind of a standard vocabulary of game action noises. And then like if you want to extend that to be uh, specific to your game and include lines that this, the characters say, then you can hire us for the same voice actor that made those those sounds in the action pack, you know, to add a few extra lines or whatever you want. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I think those action packs seem like they could broad, be more broad than specific voice acting because I mean these special effects are needed in, in a lot of games and they don't take up as much space. Um, or, or what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, I thought it was interesting because because first I I started making these for a couple different customers and and it was like they're asking for the same thing, and I just thought, okay, am I go really gonna try and you know record this new every time that somebody asks me for it? And no, it just makes sense. The other thing is like screaming is hard on the vocal cords for an actor. Like you have to be strategic about how much screaming or pain noises somebody does. So if I've already got those in the can uh, and the actors come in and they can just record normal lines and, and not have to spend three hours screaming, then <laughs> it, it really makes things go a lot smoother. Okay. And, oh, yeah, go finish what you were going to say. Oh, I, I, no, I came to a close. Okay. Um, yeah, I guess, are there any other things that game developers or game designers should consider when they are considering special effects, vocal effects, or yes, um, sound acting, audio acting. Yeah, you know the like when you say special effects, I, I'm thinking of special effects applied to voice. Um, yeah, which which is interesting because there's um, like the the first game I I did voice for when I was just learning how to do it was uh, about ten years ago, Journey to Rooted Hold. That, that was a game that I made with other people, and that was before I had the voice acting studio. And we had all these these volunteer actors in different locations with different microphones, and uh, some of them sound really horrible. And we basically added reverb to everything. Our, our idea was they're down in a cave, so it's going to be echoey. And then suddenly everybody sounded kind of like they were in the same place. It's, it's like a, a cheap thing you can do. The other thing is, if you have a game and um, you're trying to save some money, if all your characters are like robots or creatures, um, it's much easier to, to add special effects to them. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can have like a, an actor who doesn't have a good 
recording environment, but you can throw in reverb and robot effects and suddenly they sound okay, you know? Okay. Um, okay. I, 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 and I should say that's, that's the old way I did it. I don't do that now. Now we've yeah. got a nice studio and everything sounds clean. Um, okay, great. And so where can listeners find out more information about some of the audio services you provide and potentially even get some of the packs that, that you sell? Yeah. Um, so I, I chose a really bad name for my company as far as saying it out loud. So I'm going to say the name, the URL really quick, and then I'll sure. stop. Um, I, I hopefully you can add like a, a quick link or something with the podcast listing. Sure. But so it's cspacelabs.com and I'll spell it S E E S P A C E L A B S dot com. Okay. And 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 you also have an asset on the asset store, right? On the Unity Asset Store. Yeah, you can find it from our website under the product section. So like if your game isn't in Unity and you just want the sound effects, there's also a way from our website to uh to buy it directly from there. Okay, great. Um, and, and when can listeners expect to see more, I guess, pre-made audio packs that you might have for purchase or something else? Well, now I'm really motivated to get the up and because, you know, I just mentioned them on the podcast and I want people to use them. So uh, I'll say this, it might be like a month or so before I get them up, but um, if you're interested in using them, hit me up an email there's contact information on that on that website, okay. uh, and uh, you know we'll talk, and I I can send you the files ahead of time before I get them up on the asset store if if you're keen to use them. Okay, cool. Um, thanks again for your time. Appreciate it.